Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 358 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Revelation chapter 18 today and our focus is on is the institutional church the whore of Babylon and who is the great harlot of Babylon in Revelation 17 through 18. So as promised, we are revisiting a topic from a few days ago, and I will tell you today is a two-part episode. It became too large to fit into one episode, so be sure and listen to episode 359 as well, which will come out tomorrow. Also a bit of a heads up, Chapter 18 of Revelation is all about the fall of Babylon the Great, and that is pretty much the focus of this chapter and chapter 17 and part of chapter 19 as well. So it's going to be our focus also. It's just a little esoteric and a little bit different from what we normally focus on. And also, let me give you a caveat. Today's episode is kind of personal in some ways, which is a very strange thing to say about Revelation 18, I realize. But what I mean that it is personal is this, because a very good friend of mine, a dear and beloved friend of many years, recently sent me a book written by a man in Knoxville, Tennessee, which makes the claim that the current institutional church is the whore of Babylon or the harlot of Babylon. Now, before we discuss this, I need to tell you up front that I am the pastor of an institutional slash organized church with a name, Valley Baptist Church in Salinas, California. Before that, I pastored another church, Agape Baptist Church in Pinson, Alabama. And before that, I was on staff at several other churches. And According to the book uh, that we're going to discuss today, the idea that what we know as church is the whore of Babylon, and I am a leader, not an important one or anything like that, but a leader in the whore of Babylon, a false system that is infiltrated by witchcraft and controlled by the flesh and Satan, and is opposed to the true will of God in the earth, if what this gentleman says in his book is correct. And many other people say this as well. They identify the existing organized church, churches with names, denominations, etc., as the great harlot, the whore of Babylon. Therefore, you must consider that today when listening to my opinion. Don't make your judgment as to who the whore or the harlot of Babylon is based on my testimony, but based on what the Word of God says and where it leads you. And here are some excerpts from that book, The Harlot Church System by Charles E. Newbold. And I'll say up front, I don't agree with his conclusions, hardly any of them really. Uh, but again, don't judge him or me by uh, your opinion, but by what the Word of God says. So here's what uh, this book says in regard to the church. He says, Zion refers to the true body of Christ, the bride, the ecclesia. Babylon, in Revelation 17 18, refers to the false church system of men's traditions and religions. Ecclesia, as Newbold, is the Greek word in the New Testament, which has been mistranslated as church in most English versions, but it literally means called out ones. Zion is a people, the people of God. Babylon is a thing. Church institutions and systems 
Zion is a living organism. Babylon is characterized by organizations, institutions, and systems. Zion consists of people who have been born into it. Babylon consists of people who have joined it or have been voted into it. Zion is a people who are called by the name of Jesus. Babylon is a people who are called by many different names that represents divisions within, within this Babylonian church system. Baptist, Catholic, Charismatic, Episcopal, Lutheran, Methodist, Presbyterian, and all the rest. Zion is Jesus-centered. Babylon is self-centered. The word church, as we use it, speaks of an illegal, unholy, mystical union which embodies buildings, institutions, denominations, and peoples. And again, this is not my opinion. This is what Mr. Newbold says, and he continues, These have been so fused and confused with each other that they perpetuate the dangerous lie that this thing we call church is Christ's assembly of called out ones. Soon after my conversion in 1978, he says, I saw how this church thing was an idolatrous system of men's traditions. I despised it, not the people in it, Yet, I felt a seductive pull back into it. Many who dare to leave one church go down the street hoping for a better spiritual climate only to find the same old whore in a brand new dress, he says. And he continues, uh, This idolatrous system of men's traditions bundled in this thing we call church and typified by the Jezebel spirit is destined to be destroyed. People are so deceived by by this darkness that they have innocently become the dispensers of it. Church in all of its darkness is the counterfeit harlot to the true bride. The harlot church system springs forth from those those who have spiritual Babylon in their hearts. This Babylon is the great whore that sits on many waters. Many waters includes all peoples of all nations in all denominations and non-denominational churches who practice the harlotry of church. The harlot church system cannot be fixed, he says. It can never be redeemed, he says. It is flesh, and all flesh is under the domain of Satan. God's people, we who are called by his name and who do not allow ourselves to be called by any other name, must come out of Babylon. Now, all of that is excerpts from the book, The Harlot Church System by Charles E. Newbold Jr. And I've been exposed to this teaching by many other people in many other places. Basically, it boils down to the church. Places that have a name church is a false, ungodly, anti-God system that is the whore of Babylon or the harlot of Babylon or Babylon the Great, and it's going to be judged. And as you can see, the author compares and contrasts Zion, Z-I-O-N, which he defines as a symbolic place in the spirit where Jesus is the only thing there is. He alone takes preeminence. He contrasts that, Zion, with organized churches, you know, Baptist churches, Methodist churches, Lutheran, Presbyterian, etc. In other words, any church that has a name and a building and presumably a pastor or a group of leaders is not part of God's kingdom or Zion, as Newbold says, not part of the real ecclesia, to use the Greek word, but part of Babylon. And the author despises the institution of church, and he says not the people, and he believes it to be under the domain of Satan. He says that the church is the counterfeit harlot to God's true church, followers of God that are wise and spiritual enough to not go to a church, and that the church is the great whore of Revelation 18, and the people in those churches are practicing spiritual prostitution and must leave the church because the church cannot be fixed in it can never be redeemed. So, 
that's a lot to talk about, right? And I only covered a small portion of the book. Uh, and we're not going to give a full and complete answer to this book and all of the allegations in today's episode because of time constraints and also because that's not the focus of this podcast. We want to focus on the Word of God chapter by chapter. But what we do want to do is look at the Scripture and we want to see what the Word of God says about the harlot or the whore of Babylon. And I do need to note up front that Newbold is correct about one thing. The Greek word ecclesia has been translated to church in most modern English translations. And honestly, that's not a great translation of the word at all. The word church comes from a Latin word that means of or belonging to the Lord. If you go to different places in England and Scotland, you'll find kirks. And kirks comes from uh, the the Greek and Latin word related to curiacus, so it's not an evil word or anything like that. It does, again, mean belonging to the Lord, but ecclesia in Greek doesn't exactly mean that. It does mean called out ones. The word people isn't in that word, but the called out ones. And many, many pastors have preached this truth over the years, myself included, and you've probably heard it on the podcast. The body of Christ is not a building or a service or a denomination or anything like that. I've said it many times, but a people. That is a truth that more Christians must understand. But does that mean that every group of people that calls itself a church is actually a uh, part of the whore of Babylon and under the dominion of Satan? Well, that's the big question we're going to talk about today and tomorrow. To answer it, we need to look at John's description of this entity, which again is not a woman, is not a literal prostitute. He's using figurative language. He's using metaphor. And we see that quite clearly in Revelation chapter 17, 4 through 6, which says, The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, jewels, and pearls. She had a golden cup in her hand, filled with everything detestable and with the impurities of her prostitution. On her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the detestable things of the earth. Then I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses to Jesus. And when I saw her, I was greatly astonished. Well, this woman has several titles, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the detestable things on the earth, and possibly the word mystery, which may be John's description of her name, or it may be yet another title. We can't tell for sure. Um, but she's also called a notorious prostitute in Revelation 17.1 and Babylon the great city in today's chapter in both Revelation 18.10 and 18.21. And to answer who this woman is, we need to look at what the New Testament says about Babylon. And when we do, we find the word Babylon mentioned about 14 times in the New Testament. The first few references are quite simply to the kingdom of Babylon in an utterly non-symbolic way. Babylon was a very real kingdom and world power who utterly defeated Judea and took them into captivity a few centuries before the birth of Jesus. Other than Revelation, there's only one reference in the New Testament that refers to Babylon in what may be a non-literal symbolic way, and that is 1 Peter 5.13, where Peter is closing out his letter, and he says, She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, as does Mark my son. 
So here we have, what again, what seems to be the only other non-literal symbolic use of Babylon in the New Testament outside of Revelation, and that means it's a pretty big clue for us, or at least it could be, but unfortunately we aren't 100% sure what Babylon means here. There are three possibilities, though. Number one, that Peter's use of the word Babylon refers to a person or church in literal Babylon, which commentators agree is possible, but not really likely. Uh, And this, of course, if it was true, would mean Peter was not being metaphorical at all, but merely mentioning a place name. Similarly, number two, it's possible Peter is referring to a small place in Egypt called Babylon. Now, most commentators think that this is slightly possible, but highly unlikely, and again would mean that Peter is being literal and not metaphorical. But the vast majority of Bible scholars opt for option number three, which is that Peter is referring to Rome metaphorically in the same way that John earlier in Revelation calls Jerusalem, Sodom, and Egypt. He's being metaphorical, Peter is, and also speaking in code. And Dr. Ben Witherington says Babylon was the Jewish code name for Rome. And there's a lot of pre-New Testament references that prove that in various books of, uh, not of the Bible so much, but intertestamental books, some of the books of the Apocrypha. So why is that significant? Well, because... None of Peter's uses of the word Babylon, even none of the possibilities, seem to have anything to do with a code word for a group of people calling themselves a church. And if Peter is using Babylon in a non-literal way, but not using it to point to a future institutional use of the word church, then maybe John isn't doing that too. Now, that is as good of a stopping point as we can get to for today. I know we haven't answered anything. We're literally halfway through it, but this is supposed to be a semi close to 10 minute podcast. So we're just going to kind of cut it right in half there. And I will invite you to join us tomorrow for the second half of our discussion on whether or not the institutional church is Babylon, the great, the great harlot. Same bat time, same bat channel. But let's go ahead and do this. Let's read our chapter and close out our discussion for the day. Revelation chapter 18, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. After this, I saw another angel with great authority coming down from heaven, and the earth was illuminated by his splendor. He called out in a mighty voice, It is fallen. Babylon the great is fallen. She has become a home for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, and a haunt for every unclean and despicable beast. For all the nations have drunk the wine of her sexual immorality, which brings wrath. The kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown wealthy from her sensuality and excess. Then I heard another voice from heaven, Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins or receive any of her plagues, for her sins are piled up to heaven, and God has remembered her crimes. Pay her back the way she is also paid, and double it according to her works. In the cup in which she mixed, mix a double portion for her. As much as she glorified herself and indulged her sensual and excessive ways, Give her that much torment and grief. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen. I am not a widow and I will never see grief. 
For this reason her plagues will come just one day, death and grief and famine. She will be burned up with fire because the Lord God who judges her is mighty. The kings of the earth who have committed sexual immorality and shared her sensual and excessive ways will weep and mourn over her when they see the smoke from her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, Babylon, the mighty city, for in a single hour your judgment has come. The merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargo any longer. Cargo of gold, silver, jewels, and pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, and silk and scarlet, all kinds of fragrant wood products, objects of ivory, objects of expensive wood, brass, iron, and marble, cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, and frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, and grain, cattle and sheep, horses and carriages, and slaves, human lives." The fruit you craved is left to you. All your splendid and glamorous things are gone. They will never find them again. The merchant of these things who became, the merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping in mourning, saying, Whoa, whoa, the great city dressed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, adorned with gold jewels and pearls, for in a single hour such fabulous wealth was destroyed. And every shipmaster, seafarer, the sailors, and all who do business by sea stood far off as they watched the smoke from her burning and kept crying out, Who was like the great city? They threw dust on their heads and kept crying out, weeping and mourning, Woe, woe, the great city, where all those who have ships on the sea become rich, became rich from her wealth. For in a single hour she was destroyed. Rejoice over her heaven and you saints, apostles, and prophets, because God has pronounced on her the judgment she passed on you." Then a mighty angel picked up a stone like a large millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, In this way Babylon, the great city, will be thrown down violently and never be found again. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters will never be heard in you again. No craftsman of any trade will ever be found in you again. The sound of a mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. And the voice of a groom and bride will never be heard in you again. All this will happen because your merchants were the nobility of the earth, because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. In her was found the blood of prophets and saints and of those slaughtered on the earth. Wow. Now that is quite a chapter. And you need to ask yourself as you listen to it and maybe go listen to it again. Is it possible that this chapter in Revelation 17 and the first part of Revelation 19, are they describing the institutional church around the world? In other words, all the places where people gather and call themselves a church. Is that what Revelation 17, 18, and 19 are describing? Think about that, and as you do, let's close out with our Bible memory passage of the day, which is Revelation 5.12, which says, They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Yes, He is worthy. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.